Today's uh, message is Remember Me, is the title. We have it there for you. And they don't know this, but I've changed that scripture. <laughs> and that's why I'm always so hesitant, because I'll tell you, I, I don't know. So I'll get on this scripture, and I think, no, this one here talks about it a little bit clearer. And so anyway, ignore that. Where's, is Teresa Lowen here today? I'm sure that was your fault. Well, it's either mine or hers, and it's not mine. <laughs> no, it is mine. It's mine, I, I admit. First uh, Corinthians eleven twenty three is where we're going to be at. If you'll go ahead and turn, to the, turn your Bible there. First Corinthians eleven twenty three, and I just like this scripture just a little bit better because of one main point you'll see here in just a minute. Today we are celebrating. We are remembering the Lord's Supper the, with the body and the wine. We'll be, we'll be remembering that with the bread and the wine and remembering Christ's body, the things that he endured for our sake. And we'll be remembering the blood of Christ being shed for our sake. And it's really amazing all the all the different things that the Scripture talks about concerning that. So, so that's what I want to share with you this morning. So, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, and we'll see different things here today. First of all, we'll see that when Christ was on the cross, we will see that that is, and when we remember it like we are today, we'll rem- be remembering what happened back then on that day, and we'll also see how that affects us today, and then we'll also talk about how that looks to the future also of the great and glorious day of His return. You know, there's going to be a day, glory to God, like that song talked about, we're not going to have no more sorrow, no more pains. This world as we know it will come to an end. You know, and that's really, that's really a very important time in history because it will come to pass. You know, uh, was it last week I preached an apologetic sermon? I shared all kinds of truths to you architecturally and scientifically and archaeology. I mean, uh, just all kinds, astronomy, all kinds of different facts that showed that the Bible was true. And I know some of you got, some people were surprised for all the facts and all the history that was in the Bible. And we looked, talked about it was good history. Not because we say so, because, but we use the same guidelines that the world uses to judge history. That's, that's the way we judged it. But if you think that was pretty convincing, you ought to study all the different prophecies that have already come to pass, it is astounding. And I'll share that with you one of these days, all the different prophecies that have come to pass. And then when I say that the Lord will return because it was prophesied, you'll say, oh yeah, it's going to happen. Because all of these other things, 
Is there any, uh, what, what, is there any bookies in here? Hey, hey, let me, let me, now I'm serious. Let me rephrase that. Is there any ex-bookies in here? <laughs> Raise your hand if you're, I'm serious because I'm going to need you when I preach that sermon. And because what I want to do, I want somebody to give me odds on these things happening. Uh, but I'm serious with this. So if you, if you know anything about that, uh, because I want somebody, when, when we read these prophecies, I want somebody to give them an odds of them coming to pass. Whether it's one to one or ten to one or a hundred to one or a thousand to one. I want somebody to do that. So think about that, all right? And if your neighbor is one, you invite them and we'll have him do it, okay? You might have to spend a couple bucks to get him here, but that's... The Bible says persuasively bring him the gospel. So you, I, uh, I, offered, to, I offered to pay a guy uh, to go to church one time. I asked him, I said, will you work for me two hours on Sunday morning? He says, doing what? I said, come go to church with me. You know, he wouldn't do it though. And he's still not in church. Okay, anyway. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, And as we read this, we'll see different things about the Holy Communion. And I read in the New Living Translation, it says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. That's one reason why I chose this scripture. Notice it says, we talked last week about all the people, over 500 people seen Jesus after he was raised from the dead on that third day. After they seen him crucified and died on the cross, and they seen the breath go out of him and the spirit go out of him. And he was in the tomb for three days and God raised him from the dead. After that, over 500 people seen him and talked to him and fellowshiped with him. So that's the reason, one reason I changed scriptures. Sorry, Teresa. So it says, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. This is not secondhand information. He received it from the Lord himself. Now, something I didn't get to last week is, see, some people, they have a hang-up and they want to have all their questions answered before they come to the Lord. And let me tell you, I mentioned that it will never happen because we have to come to him in faith. If we have all of our questions answered, the faith would be gone and that will, God will never have it that way. But, my, but, but what I wanted to say is, uh, yeah, what was I wanting to say? When we come with all of these questions, we will never get them all answered. It just will not happen. So we have to get past that. And not only that, the Bible will stand up to our questions. It will stand up to our studying the scriptures and seeing, and then see what secular uh, history teachers say about that. It will stand up to that. And it says, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. And it goes on to say, on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks for God. Now notice, now this was on the night before he went to the cross. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. Now, see, the body was broken. The blood was shed for who? For each and every one of us and your neighbor. Verse 25, it says, in the same way, he took the cup of the wine and after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people. Between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. I'm going to elaborate on this a little more as we go on. And then he said once again, do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Verse 26, it says, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. Now, some doubt about the translations of the Bible. So, when I read that that it was passed on to Jesus Christ himself, some people doubt that. They have a trouble. They, and I've heard people, I've had people tell me, well, maybe the Bible was the word of God when it was first written. But over time and translations, it's lost all of its meaning and it's lost all of what God intended. Well, that's not true. You know, of course, they didn't have Xerox machines in, in, the, in biblical times, but they did have scholars, professional scholars. And when they recorded, when they copied these books written in the day, they didn't do it word for word or page by page. They done it letter per letter. They took the every, every possibility, every precaution they could to make sure that this said exactly what the original said. Amen. Amen. It's true. So we won't get all of our questions answered. But when it comes to the Bible being the Word of God, if you have doubts there, I encourage you, just study about it. Just figure it out. Just study about it. So these scribes, they were so meticulous. They, they copied it, not word for word, but letter for letter. Okay, now let's go to verse 24 again. And it says, and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And th- th- this is my first, first point. I want you to know that today... The bread and the cup is about you. No, don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at your kids or your mom and dad. This cup, this wine, this broken bread is about you. You know, a lot of times when, uh, when, when it's, uh, it's, it, we, it comes prayer time, we will pray about our children. We'll pray for our mom and dad. We'll pray for all kinds of circumstances. But you know what? Today, we're not focused on our neighbors. Today, we're not focused on our children. We're not focused on our mom and dad. Today, we're focused on Christ and what he did for us. Everybody say, for me. The scripture, the title of the sermon is, remember me. Don't remember your kids. Don't remember your mom and your dad and your friends. This is about you And our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. It's all about us. It's a time that we remember him and and, uh, what he did on our behalf. That's what this is all about. 
Of course, we all think about our family and our friends and and where they are and whether they're saved or not saved and the struggles they go through. There are countless people here this morning that have been worried all week because of friends or children or moms and dads and spouses. Is it not true? It is. But let me tell you, not this morning. This morning, let this be between you and Jesus Christ. You and what he done for you. Now, some of you are here today. I know, I know that I know. Some of you are here today and you are so exhausted. You just, you just don't know how you can continue on. You feel like you're the only one that's holding everything together. You feel like you're the only one that's holding your family together. You feel like if it wasn't for you, that your family would be a mess and they'd be scattered all over over God's creation. But let me tell you, that's not right. That is not true because Jesus will be with you and this church will be with you. I said you are not alone. Look at your neighbor and tell them they're not alone. Look at the other neighbor and tell them that. Shout with me. You are not alone. We are the body of Christ. We will act like the body of Christ. And we will do the deeds of Christ. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes I just wonder, and I'll just talk about myself. Sometimes I just wonder why... What? Well, why the Lord just don't get tired of messing with me and just going to somebody else? You guys ever feel that way? The Lord ever speak to you and it's like that? Come on, Rob. Come, in, come on. Call them. Pick up the phone. Come on, Rob. Go over and see them. They won't hurt you. Just you, You've got time. Stop by. Does anybody you got to do with you guys like that? Verse 25. It says, in the same way, he took up the cup of wine after supper, saying, this is a cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with his blood. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm going to repeat that. He took up the cup after supper. says, this is a cup of the new covenant between God and us. Between God and uh, God and us, and He tells us to do this in remembrance of Him. Now, now when we when we drink this this grape juice is what we have this morning at the Lord's Supper. It's so important for us to remember what the blood did for us. It's important for us to know that if we was the only one upon earth, He would have still shed His blood for you and I. I love that scripture, glory to God. I was able to share it yesterday at a, at a funeral. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, I truly believe, and I think this is scriptural. If there was one person on the face of the earth that had just a little bit of goodness inside of them, God would have said, Go on, go on, Jesus. Just go ahead and go ahead and die on that cross because there's a chance that that one might get saved. That that one might spend 
eternity in heaven with me. I truly believe that. So if you're here today, and I know you've, and, and there's people here that have had struggles, and they have struggles, and they'll continue to struggle, possibly. But there's help. There's always help at the foot of the cross. The blood confirmed a new covenant, just as the old covenant was sealed by the sprinkling of the blood. Hebrews 9, 13, it says, under the old system, I love this scripture. I touched on this one tonight. It says, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of young cows could cleanse people's bodies from their impurities. In the Old Testament, that's what they did. They, they sacrificed bulls and heifers, and, and that's what cleansed them from their sin. That's what covered their sin. But, and the Scripture goes on to say in verse 14, it says, Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify us from our conscience. If the blood of goats and cows, has anybody been, ever been on a cattle farm? Has everybody been on a goat farm? How they smell and how they stink. If their blood would cover the sins of the children of Israel, how much more will the blood of our Lord and Savior cleanse us from all unrighteousness? Amen. Amen. You see, Jesus was a perfect sacrifice. He, it was, his blood was so sacred, so pure, so holy, so blameless that God never required for another drop of blood to be shed for all of mankind. Never again. In the days of old, every year, every year there'd be sacrifices in the temple. Every year there'd be sacrifices to cover their sins, but not no more. And that's the power in this cup that we're going to partake in today. Remember that when we, when we take that. Now, sometimes, and I, I've been at different churches during communion. Now, sometimes a time of communion is a time of, of sorrow. But, you know, I, I don't think that's right. I, you know, this is, this is not a funeral. It's not a a time of sorrow. So, so it kind of begs the question, is, uh, is the death of Christ, was it a good thing or was it a bad thing? It was a good thing. You know, it, let, uh, let me refer it like this. You know, if somebody was to bring you a gift that they had blood and sweat and tears and love in, and they might have spent, you know, a year preparing this gift for you, and they finally brought it to you and presented it to you, would you be sorrowful or, and would you, would you be sad about that? Absolutely not. You would be appreciative. You would be thankful. And sometimes there might be tears when we take communion, but certainly they should be tears of joy. Because see, this is an ultimate expression of love. John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. It says, For God so loved the world. I always like to add, For God so loved the people in the world. See, it's you. It's me. It's our neighbors. It's our children. That's who God loves so much.
So we should celebrate. We should rejoice. It's not a time for sorrow. It's not a time to be sad, but it's a time for joy. It's a time to celebrate what Christ done on the cross for us. Thank goodness we can come to the house of God and celebrate. Let me tell you another reason that it's not a time to mourn and it's not a funeral. Because he's not dead no more. Woo! (laughs) Glory to God. He is alive. And guess what? If you're a born-again child of God, he is alive in you. And you have the power of God inside of you. You know what I'd like to see? I'd just like to see the power of God to come out of everybody sitting here today. (laughs) Would anybody like to see that? Would anybody like to see their neighbor get born again? Huh? Would would, uh, Would anybody like to see every person that works at Walmart born again? What about everybody that works at Lowe's? Would you like to see them born again? What about everybody that works at Napa? How about Wayne White? Huh? How about everybody that walks through the doors of Orchardville Church? How about that? Yes. Yeah. Glory. See, that's why we can put a smile on our face on a day like today. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to share another reason with you here in just a minute. Yes, this represents the body of Christ. And he went through excruciating pain. And yes, this represents his blood that was shed for you and I. But see, here's the thing. This is another reason why we can rejoice. Because Jesus Christ carried out exactly what God wanted him to do. That was his sole purpose. And because of that, the whole world can rejoice because of that. You know, I'll tell you what, I truly believe that whenever, whenever Pastor Mark, when he crossed the thresholds of heaven, I think they patted him on the back and said, praise God, you've done exactly what you were supposed to do. I, be, I, I believe that. I believe that. Now, see, here, here this, I'm going to say this about myself, but I mentioned this once and also. I'm going to say this about myself, but you, but you didn't apply to this also. Now, see, when I walk into heaven... I don't want them to say, Rob, you've done exactly what Mark was supposed to do. I, no, that's not, that's not it. See, we all have our own thing, our own calling, our own ministry. And when we get that pat on the back, that is when we fulfill our calling, our walk, not someone else's. Amen. That's the reason I don't sing up here. I'd love to sing. I could probably sing better than Carlin. I'm just saying, I, I know there's a reason he's never asked me to audition, and I know that's why. Yeah, that's why. If you've been going here very long, you know out of all the locers that's in Carlin and Justine, Car- uh, Carlin is the worst singer of his family. Monty Dash pointed that out when he was here years ago. A reason to rejoice because Christ accomplished just 
what God wanted him to do. You know what? If we will just accomplish, not no more and not no less, but just what God wants us to do, the body of Christ will work like a well-oiled machine. Glory to God. Big boy panties I'm talking about. Is that bad for me to say that, big boy panties? I don't know why I just like that term. I think it kind of gets it pretty close to what we need to do. But see, that's what it's going to take in these last days. Because, And let me tell you why. Because the world is getting more arrogant. The world is getting more brazen, more in your face about sin and the things that they like. You know what we have to do? We have to get more of the power of God in us. And when you take the power of God in somebody and sin in somebody else, guess who wins? Glory to God. The power of God wins. Glory to God. Let me, let me share this scripture with you. This is how we know. That Jesus was victorious. It says, Jesus came in 1 John 3, 8. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. That's why many of you are here today. That's why you raise your hands during praise and worship. That's why you shout. That's why you praise. Because Jesus was successful. He destroyed the works of the devil. Amen. One more point, and I'll, and I'll be closing. Come to the Lord's table is a time of remembrance, of time of reflection, and it's a time of growth. You know, when we grow closer to the Lord, it's a process. You know, I've been talking numerous times that Christianity is not trying really, 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 really hard. No, it's training We train to be who Christ wants us to be. So each day what God wants us to do is get closer to him. And each day we should surrender more to him, more of our lives to him. And when it comes to the Lord's Supper, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, 28, which we didn't quite get to. He says, a man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks the cup. So every time we participate, we should be mindful of this special occasion. We should examine ourselves. But, but, let, me, but let me warn you about something. Let me tell you what's going to happen if you honestly examine yourself. You're going to find things that you don't like there. You're going to find sin in your life when you examine yourself. But let me, I I beg of you, do not let sin keep you from taking the Lord's Supper. And before you start arguing with me, let me explain. Because here's what I've found out. The closer I get to Christ, I see more things I need to change inside of me. You know, I, I used to smoke and and all that stuff. I was teaching Sunday school and smoking. And finally the Lord said, told me to quit. 
And that's just one small example. But here's the thing. We start where we're at. And this is what God wants us to do. He don't, I've preached before, he don't want us to expect us to be full-grown, mature Christians overnight. That's not what he expects. But what he does expect us to do is to just every day just get closer. Those that was here Wednesday night, you just want me to show you the, Tim, you want me to show them how to, how to do it the Tim Conway? You just remember Tim Conway? Tim Conway? You know how? You know the old man that played now, you just don't, you're too, too young for that. But that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to just get just a little bit, just a little bit. Don't have to be leaps and bounds, just a little bit every day to get closer to him. Now, now here's the thing. Now, see, now here's what will happen. Every time you get a little closer to him, you'll see, oh, oh, yeah, I shouldn't do that. And then, God, then you know, God wants you to work on that. And then you'll get that done, and then you'll get a little bit closer Oh, yeah, I didn't see that, Lord. I didn't realize that that was a sin. I, and then we should work on that. And then every time we get closer to the Lord, His light shines on our heart. You know, I, I really don't think that there will ever be a time in any honest Christian's life that they take the Lord's Supper and said, yep, I'm good, I'm pure, let's drink. I, I don't think... I don't think it'll ever be that way because when we get closer to him, his light shines deeper inside of us. Does that make sense? Even way, way, way back in there. How many of you women and men both panic when somebody calls and they're getting ready to stop by your house? (laughs) Come on, you liars. I know better than that. (laughs) Most do. If your house is lived in, you probably do. And you just hope they'll stay in the living room. Well, <laughs> you hope, you know, I hope they don't have to go to the bathroom. You know, oh, you know, mm. you know, I hope they don't go in the kitchen. I hope they just stay right here. Maybe they, maybe they won't sit on the couch or, you know, whatever the case See, that's, that's the way it is. That's the way it is with our, with our walk with the Lord. You know, when we first get saved, we just, Lord, just stay right here, right here in the, right here in the living room. Don't be looking around, Lord. Don't be, don't be looking back there. Don't, don't be doing that. And then as time goes on, we, okay, well, come, yeah, okay. Yeah, you can come. You can come in the bedroom. It's okay. And then as time goes on, but it's a process. It won't happen overnight. It's a process. Amen. But we should examine ourselves. And really, what this really is, it's more of a reminder. When we examine ourselves, it's more of a reminder what Jesus did, like I started, with you. Just for you. Not your kids. You know, not those around you. Just for you. Amen. Praise team, if you'll come, please. <clears throat> the last point I want to make is 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, and it says, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. See, when we partake in the Lord's Supper, 
we're reminded of the promise of Jesus that he's coming again. We read that to you again. He, it says that we are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So when we take this, this cup and we take this bread, remember that he is coming again. Glory Amen. to God. Mark 14, 25. Mark 14, 25. Mark wrote, he says, I tell you the truth. I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it in the new kingdom of God. The new kingdom. Once again, talking about Jesus coming again. For a church, the Bible says, a church without a spot or a wrinkle. You know, I seen a long time ago, and, and I, I've shared this many times, that what that means is that to fulfill what God wants the church to do in these last days, we have some growing up to do. We have some maturing to do. We got to make some changes in, in, inside of our hearts. You know, when we take this, this juice and we take this bread, really what we're saying is, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe he rose the third day. And I believe he's coming back. Because that's exactly what this represents. Basically what it represents is, we're saying that we believe the Bible. We believe that God is who he says he is. Glory to God. Please stand with me. Please stand with me. I want to ask you this morning if you've never put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ. I want to ask you to do it today. Right now. We'll pray here in a moment. And then when you do that, the scriptures tell us that you will be a child of God. And then you can partake in the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. I'll ask it another way. If you died today, do you know that you would go to heaven? Is there any doubt in your mind? Yesterday was... Leroy Rayburn's funeral. And Gary shared a story that he, he went to his dad. His dad was getting ready to have quadruple bypass. And he went to his dad and him and, uh, yeah. Kenny. Kenny, Kenny Stoltenmeyer. And they went and shared with him. And they said, are you sure? And Leroy said, yeah, I'm okay, men. I'm okay, I'm okay. Well, they left the room and Sometime later, Leroy said, hey, uh, hey, you guys come back in. I want to hear about this Jesus. I'm not sure if I'm okay or not. I'll tell you what, guys. I know you've heard it a hundred times. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. So if you don't know for sure that if you died today or if you died tomorrow, if you don't know for sure that heaven is your home, 
I want you to pray this prayer with me in just a moment. It's by faith. Just trust in Him. And when we pray that prayer, you know what happens? The grace of God is poured out. Bow your heads with me, please. I'm going to ask everyone in here to, to repeat after me all together. And then I'll explain just briefly afterwards. Repeat after me, please. Heavenly Father, I know I've done wrong. I know I've sinned. I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. Change my heart. Come into my life. Make me one of your children. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, the reason I wanted everybody to to say that, it wasn't a trick prayer. But here's, here's, here's the reason I wanted everybody to say it. If you said that in faith, you are now a child of God. Amen. Amen. Now, if those words didn't mean nothing to you and you was just moving your lips, guess what? They didn't mean no more to God than than they did to you. But if you said those words and you believed in your heart, when you asked him to come into your heart and make you a new person, if you believe, believe in that, if you believe in Jesus Christ as being the Savior of the world, you are a child of God. And that's reason to shout. Amen. 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 The altars are open. If you said that prayer this morning, there's going to be several people come to the altar. More than likely, they'll be praying for you also. So go ahead and come. Anybody's got any, 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 uh, it don't have to be bad stuff. If you want to come up here and thank the Lord for everything he's done in your life, everything he's done in your family, in your finances, come up here to the altar and thank him for that. Amen. And if you ask Christ to come to your heart, come forward and let us know about it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Come ahead, folks. Come ahead. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.